0: Hello, and welcome to Follow Your Curiosity, where we explore the ups and downs of the creative process and how to keep it moving. I'm your host, Nancy Norbeck. I am a writer, singer, improv comedy newbie, science fiction geek, and creativity coach who loves helping right-brained folks get unstuck. I am so excited to be coming to you with interviews and coaching calls to show you the depth and breadth both of creative pursuits and creative people, to give you some insight into their experiences and to inspire you. My guest today is Lila Rohr-Steck, an artist based in New York. Leela's work is playful and fun, and so is she. You'll hear us talk about one painting I could see in the background from a distance, and I've included a photo of that painting in the show notes at fycuriosity.com so you can see it too. In addition to her art, we talk about what she learned from living abroad and how everything we learn somehow manages to come together in a useful way over time. Here's my conversation with Leela. Thank you for talking to me. I'm psyched.
1: I am like really excited to be here.
0: Good. And and we have just discovered that we're both from the same part of the world that people get very confused about. We're both from central Pennsylvania. Actually, does Lancaster count as central Pennsylvania?
1: Or is I think it more, it's more eastern eastern Pennsylvania?
0: Yeah, I think York is sort of like eh, you know, it's it's kind of is and it kind of is sort of on the line <laughs> half of your half of York county is across the line and half of it isn't and it's only because <laughs> the susquehanna river runs the way it does that york counts
1: <laughs> there you go you know i i figure like we're only like 45 minutes to an hour from philly so i mm-hmm. count as eastern pennsylvania right yeah I
0: don't know. Whereas I think of, you know, the closest city to York is Baltimore. So if we were going to go somewhere, that's where we would always go, you know, down to Inner Harbor or whatever. Yeah, that
1: makes sense. That makes sense. I was thinking Harrisburg. That's the first thing that came to mind. uh,
0: Okay. Major city. Harrisburg is a city, but it's not on the same scale as Philly or Baltimore. Nowhere near. So, so yeah, but we were just saying that, but just because you're from central Pennsylvania and you have Pennsylvania Dutch roots is not the same as being Amish or being Mennonite.
1: Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Common misconception.
1: Yes. Hi, where are you from? I'm from Lancaster County. Are you Amish? No, Nope.
0: (laughs) no. And also the first way that anyone who is from central Pennsylvania knows that you are not is that you say, Oh, I'm coming down to visit Lancaster. (laughs) Like, no, no, it's Lancaster.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, oh, it's so hard not to, not to go. No, it's Lancaster. You know, I had somebody ask me once, what are the things on chairs? I'm like, pastors, how do you say where you grew mm-hmm. up? Lancaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, then it's casters on the chairs because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not changing it. I know how to say it right.
0: Yeah. I, I actually worked with a guy a couple of years ago who moved to Lancaster and a friend of mine at work is also, she's from Elizabethtown, I think. And and we looked at each other and we're like, we're going to have to teach him before he goes because they'll all know he's not local. Oh, yeah. No, and, that- and we did. We walked into his office and we're like, repeat after us, Lancaster, <laughs> Lancaster. He's like, Lancaster. No, Lancaster. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, I love that. And I love that you guys t- t- taught him that. That's critical.
0: And it really cool. is.
1: Because you got really like all... fore Yeah, we just we roll our eyes, like, huh. Oh, uh-huh. They, they're not from here. Nope.
0: <laughs> Everybody knows it as soon as they hear you say it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's so good that you that you taught him that. <laughs> well, we liked him. We wanted him to survive. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, he's lucky. He's really lucky to have known you guys.
0: <laughs> well, and he's from Iowa, so I'm pretty sure you know, we looked at him and said, You're gonna like that much better than you like New Jersey. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. You probably fit in well. Mm-hmm. So so tell me, because since we've both come from the same part of the world, you paint. How did you start painting? Was it did people look at you strangely because, you know though Lancaster is artsier than York, I think though York's gotten better in recent years. Did that have any influence on, on how you started up being an artist?
1: I think, you know what, I'm going to go where a lot of people go. Um, I've always been creative. I've like, you know, I like to make things. I like to, to do things. I remember being a kid and making little books for my Barbies and Mm -hmm. paintings for their walls. And, um, you know, and it sounds so cliche, but creativity is just always, my mom is super creative. My dad is a, a farmer. And while I think a lot of people don't realize that farming encompasses so much, I mean, planning, business, mm-hmm. the, the farming part itself. And so I feel like that's also a very um, creative thing in a different way. I just had a creative uh, life growing up. I I took a lot of art classes in high school Um, and considered doing art in college. But, you know, I have, I had that preconceived notion that, Oh, you can't do anything with art. So, um, so no, I think it was, it's just a natural thing for me. It's, it's a way of escape, um, but not just escape. um, It's just also a way of, of expressing, myself and my feelings and um I don't feel like it was looked at like oh why are you doing this Mm -hmm. it's just it's just me it's just part of who I who I am and does that make
0: sense? <laughs> yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. But it's it's always interesting to me to hear stories about how people started because sometimes, you know, you're really discouraged as a kid, and sometimes you're really lucky and you have somebody who really encourages you, and you know whether it's a teacher or a parent, and it and it influences how you learn and how you grow and how you see yourself. Oh, for
1: sure. No, I I think I've been super blessed in that my parents are both extremely encouraging. My si- I have two. Younger sisters who are incredible, um, had great influences um, with my teachers and, you know, other people, friends of my parents. So other people in my life um, always felt encouraged in whatever direction I I chose to go. And actually, the the painting and um, mixed media really hasn't come into fruition until these last um, three or four years. Like I haven't really Mm -hmm. devoted myself to it. Uh, It's always been there, but I haven't really devoted myself to it until recently.
0: So how was it until recently? Were you trying to balance? I mean, you must've been trying to balance with, you know, painting with other work or with family stuff or things like that. Did it influence how you saw yourself as an artist? Um.
1: I'm going to kind of start start back a little bit. Go for it. I said I thought about you know going doing the art route in college. um, Decided against it. Um, I actually ended up doing. uh, Well, I first started with journalism, and I'm like, "Eh, I don't want to do that. And then I did mass communications, um, advertising. And once I graduated, I realized, oh yeah, I really don't want to do this (laughs) either. Uh, And by that time, I was married so i got married young um mm-hmm. right out of college and we were living in new hampshire job market was really lousy so i um i started working as a teacher's aide um in the special education department and realized oh i actually really like this i'm good at it and so ended up going back to school um and it took a while, but I got my master's in elementary education. And I feel like this is such a long story, but this is, this is. No, it's great. It's part of how things came to be. Um, so again, yeah, and during all this time, we were moving uh, about every two years um, for my husband's work. Um, And so I never really got to, you know, even after I got my master's in elementary education, right after that, we moved to, you know, another location, another state had to get this certification there. By the time I got that, I was pregnant with our first (laughs) child. And uh, we had always agreed and that I would stay home with the kids if and when we had mm-hmm. them. And, and it's what I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to be a stay at home mom. My mom was a stay at home mom for a good part of our childhood. And um, I really wanted to do that for my own kids. Um, so I never really got to work outside of the home. Mm hmm. Okay, I was a waitress and a hostess and you know, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, and a substitute teacher for quite a while, but i never never established a career um, yeah before <laughs> before having kids. there we go,
0: yeah, so did you end up using the stuff that you learned when you got that degree with your own kids?
1: You know what I feel like I feel like yes, a lot of it. Um, I would think in, so, in a roundabout way. I was talking to a friend last week. And I'm like, you know, talking about regrets and, mm-hmm. Oh, I kind of wish I had done the art school thing. And, and she actually had done that. And she said, yeah, you know what? You may have done that and, and you might be feeling the same way. And, um, and I said, you know what? never mind, Because what I did do, I learned a lot from it. I feel like it makes me a better mom, mm-hmm. a better friend, you know, a better sister, daughter, um, because I learned a lot about about children and people, how they learn, how they absorb things. Um, so, yeah, it was a good thing. Definitely a good thing.
0: Yeah, I think everything kind of... Like, writers always say everything is material, and I think that's true way beyond writing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Somehow it all filters through and becomes useful.
1: It does, and and... I I believe a lot of it has to do with perspective, too. Um, I could dwell on the fact that, oh, I've never used it, you know, in a formal sense. Um, And yet I choose to say, to look at it like, okay, maybe I haven't used it in a formal sense. um, And look at all I've gotten out of it regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an exciting time for me realizing that I could, you know, the learning the things I was learning and very empowering. And um, so no, it was a very good, a very good experience.
0: So does that, is there, because I, I can see over your shoulder, the the paintings behind you, and there's no denying that they look really, really playful. And I don't want to say like something a kid would draw because they're obviously not, but, but they're still, they, they feel inspired by, you know, the kind of thing you might've done when you were a little kid. I can't tell if they're umbrellas or spiders or what they are back there, but (laughs) I'm, I'm intrigued as I'm looking at them. And I'm just wondering if that whole, you know, elementary vibe filters into what you do now. And I think it probably does, but I'm curious to hear what you think.
1: Um, those are actually flowers. Okay. (laughs) I can't see
0: them very well in my defense.
1: <laughs> no, 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 you really can't. I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh, they could be spiders or umbrellas. You're right. See, that's good. It's actually good to hear things like that because um, it opens up things that that I might not have been seeing because I was mm-hmm.
0: focused on them being flowers. So I like that. Yeah, and I see paper dolls up above you too. At least I think they're paper dolls.
1: They are. They are. Yeah. I did, did that one a long
0: time ago. I haven't thought about paper dolls in a long time. <laughs>
1: You know, I might have to do some of those again. <laughs> cut. You know how you used to cut them out and make the paper dolls? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what that is. Uh, now I forget the question. Oh yes. <laughs> Influencing my art. I did warn you that I squirrel. That's um, okay. I forget where I was.
0: That's all right. You're here. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: you know, I never thought about it that way, but it, it probably does have some kind of influence there when when you asked me that question um, my first thought was my aunt is an artist um, and I've always admired her. And one time I was um, at her house visiting and we were talking about art and she said, you know, just, just approach it like a child would. And at the time I didn't understand what she meant. I mean, this, I don't even remember how old I was, but at the time I didn't, Understand what she meant, and I just made very childlike you know very childlike drawing, like literally. It wasn't until years later that I understood what she meant. You approach it like a child. you don't think about it, you just let it go, and you let um you let your feelings, your whatever, your mood, you just put it all out there. A lot of times I'll paint with my fingers um just like you would as a child. Um I wipe it off on my my <laughs> jeans or I try I actually try to keep a, a cloth by me but you know sometimes <laughs> um so no I just try to approach it more like a child and not care what it looks like. Um, I mean yes I care but while I'm doing it let all that go take when I'm at a point where I'm ready to step back, I'll look at it and go, Oh, that works. That doesn't Mm -hmm. a little bit, but um, I think, and we haven't touched on this yet, but my husband and I are no longer together. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I'm doing now is in the response and is in response to 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 dealing with that pain mm-hmm. um, and, and working my way through that and trying to look at, at things in a positive way. It's always my goal to... There is always something positive in everything, and it's my goal to find that. I might not find it right away, mm-hmm. um, and some days... The negative feels so incredibly overwhelming. But if I sit with that for a little bit, something positive always comes out of it and comes to me eventually. Um, and I think for me, that's what the art is, finding that positive.
0: That's um, amazing and awesome. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, it's been, it's been critical in, in working my way through that, mm-hmm.
0: that difficulty. Yeah. I mean, I would think it, it would have to be, and it's, it's such a, an outlet and not, not even necessarily outlet feels so diminishing a term for what that actually is. You know, it's, it's like, I would think that it would be a great way to explore what's going on in addition to letting stuff out.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Someone, someone, Okay, my aunt was interested in a, in a piece of artwork and and she was talking to my mom and she said, "Well, I just don't want anything now because because I know I know what Lee, my family calls me Lee, mm-hmm. is going through." Um and I said to my mom, "But but I try to put that the happy, the positive in my art. I'm not quite sure and i looked back at the stuff she was talking about or, you know that she had looked at and i'm like i don't think that looks sad and and bummed out to me i think mm-hmm. that looks kind of happy um so maybe her point was that she knew you know she knew what i was working through to get to that point um but it definitely is a way to work through all of that and i found that it's and i think that's why it's happened over you know, in the last four years that I've really started focusing on on my artwork um, is that it, it's a, an excellent way to work through things. Creativity is incredible that way.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that, like, my experience with music mm-hmm. is very different than my experience with writing. And I just finished singing the Fare Requiem with a choir that's couldn't be easier literally right down the street from me 45 minutes a week for like 10 or 12 weeks and off you go sing with the orchestra it's great and i hadn't done it for a couple of years because i've had some trouble with my voice and i wasn't sure i could get through a rehearsal and if they're not doing something that you know appeals to me you know it's 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 great because it's it's the laziest thing you could possibly do and still call yourself a choral singer because it's like oh i feel like singing this one now i don't feel like singing that (laughs) but when when i go back and i was kind of hesitant to go back this time but i love the farre requiem so much that i sat down for that first rehearsal and was you know it's like you forget how great it feels and i forget i think how much there's a piece of my soul that needs to do this Absolutely. and that you know there's there's stuff that comes through and comes out even though somebody else wrote the music i know what the notes are going to be it's not like i'm going to change them from week to week but they're so gorgeous that i just want to sing them it just feels really good to sing them and and i think that you know that's kind of that's sort of what i'm hearing a little bit too it's like there's this piece of you that needs to be able to do this thing Absolutely. and and if you let it go for too long you forget how much you need it, that there's something in you that comes out through it and feeds off of it. And, you know, we let it go. And then we wonder why we're not so happy.
1: Absolutely. You've, you've, you've said it perfectly. Um, Just like, you know, you you said with the singing, um, yes, you're singing someone else's notes and words and, but you're, you're expressing them and, and, Mm -hmm. And I, I I know that feeling. I used to sing in in high school with the the choir, the chorus, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I and I know that feeling. Um, you know, and now I just sing in my car. And
0: yeah, that's you know, important too. <laughs> but
1: but it feels so good to just belt it out.
0: Yeah, and, in a and, way that doesn't feel that way to me with writing. Writing is a totally different vibe.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I would agree with you there. I do like to write, but it. Doesn't have that same.
0: Yeah, and I'll bet yeah, painting feels different to you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a different. It feels more expressive.
1: Mm-hmm. Somehow. Not yeah. Not why? Oh, maybe it's the physicality of it. Oh, that could be. You and know? there is
0: a physicality to writing too, even though it's not as obvious. Do you get yeah. that that sense of like every once in a while, if I'm writing, I'll feel kind of like. Ooh, I don't know what's going to happen next, but this is really cool. And things are coming together and, you know, you're discovering stuff as you go, which is what makes it exciting for me is painting like that for you.
1: Um, First of all, I'm glad you said that about writing because I had never thought about it that way. So now you've actually given me a little bit more, added a little bit of excitement to my writing. Oh, good. (laughs) So thank you. You're welcome. Um, And yes, absolutely with painting. have a painting in front of me that I'm looking at. I was going to do something totally different with it. Um, and then as I was working on it, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I really think this would work well for, um, for something else. And now, you know, I got, I was kind of feeling eh about it, not sure what to do with it. And now I'm excited about it again. Um, so for sure it uh, it works that way. And um, I'm just, I'm thinking I have, I'm looking around my studio. I have a lot of paintings that are partway through. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and this happens to me a lot. I get partway through a painting. And then I'm like, "Mm, not quite sure where to go with this or it's not going the way I wanted it to. So I'll set it aside and start another one. Um, so a lot gets started. It just takes a while (laughs) to, uh, to finish them Mm -hmm. and it gets a little bit frustrating, but I also think it's a good thing because, um, you know, when I have all these in, in progress around me, I can look at them and say, Oh, you know what? This idea that I have is going to work perfectly for, you know, this or that painting, um, it's actually pretty exciting.
0: That's really cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you were talking about, you know, looking at at painting like a child, mm-hmm. I find in my own head that I've got this contrast that I probably wouldn't have had a couple of years ago because I thought it would have been exactly like what you were saying with, you know, just let it go, just let it all out. But I, I, my six-year-old nephew who likes to draw, which is no great shock considering that his mother is a painter and his father's an architect. Um, I watched him at either Christmas or Thanksgiving trying to draw something that was in front of him. Mm -hmm. And he was really doing pretty well. I mean, he's six and he draws better than his aunt ever will. So (laughs) I draw stick figures (laughs) because that's as far as I ever got.
1: And that's okay.
0: But... Actually- yeah, XKCD thrives on stick figures, right? So there must be something to it. But um, if people don't know what that is, it's a webcomic and it's great. But But I watched him and I was blown away because he's six years old and I watched him turn himself into a twisted little ball of perfectionism right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, it starts that early? oh my gosh because he couldn't get the one part right and he got so frustrated no it's not good enough and it's you know it doesn't look right and I'm getting it wrong and I was just like oh honey don't do this to yourself you're only six no 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 <laughs> you no. have plenty of time to go through this later which I hope you never will except that you're starting early <laughs> oh yeah he's starting really early he's really early and and I kind of recognize some of that I think some of it is that whole eldest child thing where you do get hung up on stuff like that because I could kind of feel the recognition in my bones as I was watching him do this to himself, which maybe is why I never progressed past stick figures. But, (laughs) but, you know, it's funny because I think, you know, kids get more of that kind of stuff than we think they do. And I'm just curious, especially since you have the elementary ed background, if you have any thoughts on that or if you've wrestled with perfectionism yourself and what's worked for you.
1: I absolutely have wrestled with perfectionism. Um, okay, some of what helped was having kids and having to let go of certain things. Uh, pick your battles mm-hmm. is what we parents always say: is uh, you yeah, know, pick your battles. But you can. That doesn't just apply to kids. That mm-hmm. applies to everything. You know, I can look. I. I can look around. My kitchen and dining area, and and it's a mess, uh, which it frequently is. It is now um, stuff lying everywhere, and I can say, all right, I have, I, I'd like to clean that up. I'd like to go to the studio. I have to walk the dog, and I have to, <laughs> I have to make something to eat dinner at some point. So. I can look at those four things and go, all right, well, pick your battles. I can only fit in part of these things. So I have to walk the dog. I have to make something to eat, but that can just come from the freezer too. So between cleaning up and making art, I'm going to pick my battles. I'm going to go make the art because I know that's what's going to make me. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to fill me up. Um, and the kitchen, the mess, is always going to be there so I can clean it up in the five minutes I have here and there and right. it'll, it'll happen eventually. So definitely it's a pick your battle kind of thing and do what fills you up. Okay. Don't let it go so long that, you know, <laughs> things grow on the plates, but <laughs> you know, it, it can wait.
0: I have a friend who says it'll, it'll, be there. It's not going to go anywhere. It'll wait for you. Exactly. Yeah. It's
1: not going anywhere. But your time is precious. And, you know, I I need to do what fills me up. Um, and so if I have a choice, I'm going to choose the thing that fills me up. And that, for me, is making art and walking my dog. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, spending time with my kids, my family. Although, Right now, I live in uh, New City, New York, in um, New York State. So I'm not that close to my family, but uh, when I do get to spend time with them, it's always it's always good. My friends.
0: Mm-hmm. What about in your art? Has have perfectionism been an issue there?
1: I think a little bit, um, but I don't. Do things that are realistic, um, so it's more of an abstract expression of art. So I don't feel too much perfectionism. I mean, I don't feel like perfectionism um, is too much of a problem. <laughs> And then I'm thinking about, oh yeah, but you're trying to get this one spot just right on this thing. (laughs) So yes, a little bit. A little bit, but it's not overwhelmingly so. And I have learned to say, okay, nope, good enough. And I might notice it and nobody else probably will. And if they do, okay, I won't make that mistake again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think good enough is so incredibly important. Like there's a there's an actual skill maybe even a little bit of a talent in learning to say this is good enough that we get drilled out of us when we're kids and then we have to learn again absolutely i
1: you know i think okay there's a fine line between oh this is good enough and it really is terrible right and this is good enough because i've put my all into it and If I do any more, I'm just over, overworking it, overdoing it, that it's time to let it go. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's more of, instead of this is good enough, okay, it's time to let it go.
0: Yeah. And there, that is definitely a a real thing too, because I've had people say to me, how do I know when I'm finished working on my book? And it's like, you'll know because yeah. you just won't be able to do anything else with it anymore. And you're just going to say, this is it. I have done everything with this that I can do. And that doesn't mean that in, you know, a year or three or whatever, you're not going to pick up a copy of that book and flip through it and go, Oh, I wish I could grab my red pen and edit this <laughs> sentence or this paragraph. Cause I've done that. But, um, but also, you know, when I was finishing my MFA program, you could do extra semesters, but for obvious reasons, nobody really wanted to do extra semesters unless they felt like they really needed them. And the our, our motto with my class in our last semester was, it doesn't have to be perfect. It only has to be good enough to get the diploma. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. has to be good enough to graduate. I will do everything I can to make it as good as I can, but I am not going to kill myself to make this thing perfect. Because as it was, it was so much to just revise an entire book in, you know, 15 weeks is a huge challenge. I literally don't remember most of that last semester because I was just working all the time. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> but I, but yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you have to learn when to just say, this is it. It's as done as it's going to be. I'm going to let it go. Even when you wish for the red pen later. Like,
1: Absolutely. This was and- as
0: much as I could do with it.
1: But don't you think that that's also part of that is just experience Mm -hmm. to like, like you might know or look at things differently a little bit later and have a different perspective or, or just have learned more Mm -hmm. and say, okay, I might've done that differently, but that's now at the time, if you've put everything into it, you kind of come to a point where you're um, where there's nothing left for that particular thing, at, yeah, in the moment, and then it's time to let it go. I actually really like that. I, uh, I'm i going to write that down. <laughs> uh, let it go instead of it's good enough. I like time to let it go. Yeah, so I'm going to write that down so I don't forget I said it. <laughs> Sometimes I I have so much. Going on in my head, uh, and it could also partly be age, but we're not going to go.
0: I hear all of that,
1: <laughs> all uh, of it. But I, you know, I I'll say things, and then then I'm like, did I say it, or or I'll completely forget I've said
0: it mm-hmm. too. But yeah, but no, that that's a good one. I like that a lot.
1: I like I like that too. I'm gonna definitely. I'm gonna take that perspective too. I think. I like looking at things from a, uh, as positive as from as positive a perspective as possible. Um, it, I don't know. It just, it feels better. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And it's so easy to
0: forget to do it. It, it really is.
1: Yeah. I, it's easy to suck in the negative and just let it overwhelm you. Um, I have lived with depression on and off throughout my probably since I was a teenager
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, But it wasn't until my mid to late thirties that it was diagnosed as depression and um and I've had some pretty severe episodes. Um Not that required hospitalization or anything, mm-hmm. but just just some really tough ones to get through um, and I have found that for me, looking for the positive and I mean sometimes searching deep <laughs> for mm-hmm. the positive in in certain things really, really helps and keeps um, keeps me from falling into a depression um, you know, I mean, sometimes it's circumstantial and there's not a whole lot to do about it, but there have been times where it's just, I guess my brain chemistry or whatever. And I, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, but in those times, I just, even, even little things, you know, like, oh, the cat who never sits with me sat with me for an hour today. That was such a happy thing. And and sometimes that's enough. It's a positive thing. It's a happy thing, but looking for and finding the positive is, is huge.
0: And I, I feel like as you're talking, I'm looking at the paintings that I can see behind you and I see that in them. Thank you. You know, like the, the flowers that look sort of like spider umbrellas (laughs) from here. (laughs) They're they're just people who can't see this, you know, they, they're just lots of bright colors and there is something that's really childlike and awesome in there too. And, and I am seeing this from a distance, so I'm not getting the details. But, but they just make me smile. You know, they, they really do. I really like that one. <laughs> I keep thank looking you. at it over your you. shoulder.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm looking at like, what is back there? <laughs> I have a, there's a tree up there too. Um, yeah. But thank you. you. Thank you. No, you're welcome. I'm really, um, that's a huge compliment. That you can see that and feel that, um, yeah, that I'm getting totally, that across. I really like, can. What am I
0: trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge compliment. So thank you. You're welcome. So I'm curious because I know that you spent some time in different places around the world. Yes. And I'm wondering, in particular, you were in Moscow for a while. What was that? like as an artist and as an American in Moscow and, you know, whatever else filters in there. So curious.
1: Um, okay. We were in Moscow for almost seven years. Uh, and before that one year in Egypt. Um, I absolutely, absolutely loved my, our year in Egypt. The kids were still little um, my son was in preschool, my daughter in second grade. Um, it's a warm, friendly country. Um, it just felt alive there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the opportunity, um, came up to move to Russia. So we took it and, um, that was a more difficult adjustment.
0: I would think
1: Uh, the people are much more closed off. There's, there's definitely truth to warmer climates, Mm -hmm. you know, friendlier people um, colder climates, less friendly people. I mean, there's something to that. Uh, And also Russia's history Mm -hmm. Um, that people are more closed off at first. It takes time. Once you get to know them and they trust you, um, they become more friendly. I mean, so they, Russians can be the most open, warm people. They just have to know you and trust mm-hmm. you first. And if you look at their history, you can understand that.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, I was talking to my mom and my sisters we have this whatsapp chat chat Mm -hmm. so we go back and forth and I said you know people always are fascinated by Russia and and Egypt and they're like oh what was it like to live there and and I'm like well you know I know it was special and unique but for me it was I still brush my teeth (laughs) I still go grocery shopping I still raise my kids you know I still make dinner Mm -hmm. I still still do all the normal things. So for me, it was, it was life. Um, Just, yeah, on a different scale. I
0: can, I can relate to that. I spent six months in Northern Ireland a little more than 20 years ago and I was a nanny, you know, with five kids. So that's pretty much what, what I did. I went to the grocery store, I took kids to school, you know, all of that. But at the same time, you know, it's also like, might not ever get to do this again. So what else am I going to do while I'm here? And and all of that. I definitely went in no small part to spend some time in a different culture. So, but, but yeah, you're right. It is, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm vacuuming the floor. I'm, you know, all of this stuff, but I've got really cool friends and, you know.
1: Exactly. Um, So I sometimes find it difficult to, I know it, I know it was special and I am so thankful for those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, and it was, it was absolutely unique. And there's part of me, there will probably always be part of me that misses it like crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, No, it wasn't always easy. I'm not great at languages and didn't, you didn't really need to learn much. Arabic uh, because someone always spoke English Mm -hmm. there. You could always find someone who spoke enough English to, you know, to speak easily with Russia was a different, a different case. Um, a lot of, from what I learned, a lot of people were taught English, um, you know, during communism, but they weren't allowed to speak it. They needed to know it in case, the government right. wanted them to do something that required English, but they didn't want them speaking it. Um, so people wouldn't speak English. Um, and I was not so good at learning Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of learned to get by with hand motions and laughing a lot at myself. Um, not no, I would laugh with them as they laughed me because I mean I must have looked ridiculous when I couldn't I need this and you know and you know trying to make all these hand motions to get my my idea across and and um and yeah they would they would just laugh at me and and yeah we got it figured out um so I chose to laugh with them and on the days when I knew I couldn't laugh I would I wouldn't go out. <laughs> um, and I, I did have that choice. So yeah. Um, yeah. I was fortunate to be able to do that. Uh, we lived in an expatriate community. So most everybody in that community spoke English. Mm-hmm. Um, what was great about that community was we met people from all over the world and the kids were in uh, the International School, so they also had classmates who were from all over the world. Um, it was just such a filling experience overall. Yes, mm-hmm. there were some extremely difficult times, but when I look back at it it was it was such an such a such a growing and enriching part of my life, and for my kids too. They both are very thankful for it.
0: Did they pick up much Russian?
1: No, they seem Ooh. to have inherited my language ability and not their dad's. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Wow. I mean, they know a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not sure how much they remember. My son still knows how to swear in Russian. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, because that's the first thing you learn. Right. <laughs> uh. I think they'd probably be able to understand a little bit
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, speaking it. And they both said, speaking it is the hard part. And I'm like, yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a bummer. It really
1: is. Part of that's being in, in an American school. It was, right. it was, uh, it's the Anglo-American school of Moscow. And it's run by the British Canadian and U.S. embassies. Ah. So everything's taught in English.
0: Right. So then they weren't as exposed to it as they might have been otherwise.
1: No. And they did take Russian classes, but it's not the same. It's
0: not the same. Yeah.
1: No. No, once my daughter was older and taking the the metro places on her own with her friends, she had to speak more Russian, mm-hmm. um, which was great. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, let me know where you are, what you're right, doing. Right. But, <laughs> but go ahead, take the metro and, and have fun and speak Russian.
0: Read yeah. Russian. I mean, if you're going to be there, that's what you ought to be doing. Absolutely. For sure.
1: For sure. Um, I think I learned a lot about myself and I've become, absolutely become a more accepting
2: Mm -hmm.
1: person of people's differences and the challenges that we face. um, And also more accepting and forgiving of myself.
0: That's huge.
1: That is huge. Less of but, a perfectionist.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I mean, there's, it sounds awful to say that, you know, it sounds like you were forced to learn how to laugh at yourself because force and laughing feel like such opposite things. But that also feels like it's such a gift, too, because so many people can't laugh at themselves at all.
1: Absolutely. I'm not saying it wasn't embarrassing, Oh yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I refuse to get my car washed in, in uh, Moscow because I had a bad experience (laughs) Um, at the car wash. The lady just made me feel so stupid. And I'm like, I don't understand you. And I think she was now looking back at it. I think she was just frustrated because Mm -hmm. she couldn't get her point across. I couldn't get my point across. I left without washing my car. Um, I was actually a lot of, Expats in Moscow, at least when I was there, didn't do their own driving. But um, I, well, my husband was in the auto industry working for an auto maker, and we were both like, No, I want to drive. We both wanted to drive. Mm -hmm. Um, So, anyway, I'm glad I did. uh, But I just always had dirty cars. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, That's it. I'm not washing my cars. Never again, which isn't entirely true, but I just put it off as long as possible. I can understand that. That, that one really sticks in my mind. <laughs> so I'm not saying that it wasn't hard. Um, but after a while, I learned to, to laugh along. Mm-hmm. There is some truth. My dad always used to say, laugh in the world, laughs with you, cry and you cry alone. And oh my gosh, that made me so angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some truth to it. <laughs> there's some truth yeah. to it. You don't have to cry alone. I mean, that's that's a bit harsh, but um, oh yeah. But if I if I get so upset because they're laughing at me, I'm just going to be miserable. So yeah. instead, look at it from their point of view and realize, okay, it is kind of funny that the that the woman can't get her point across because yeah. she can't
0: speak Russian. There's so a awesome. certain absurdity to it. <laughs> And, and yeah, that's that's the funny part.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I still laugh. I'm picturing myself in certain situations. I mean, it's funny. It's, they should have laughed well, at me.
0: And, and let's face it, even when you do speak the same language, we're not always good at communicating the same ideas to each other. Absolutely. Oh it's just gosh. harder to see because you understand the words and you think you understand what the person's saying and then you find out later that they meant something completely different.
1: You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> you know? There's I mean, no point getting all upset over it. Just
0: yeah, it's like oh, that's not what I got. Okay, now I understand. That's funny. Let's try that again. Yeah, yeah. Take two. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it's more like take thirty-seven. But yeah,
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I was I was actually thinking that when I said take two and three and
0: four and <laughs> yeah, take. Let's Just... stop counting now. <laughs>
1: when Sometimes when my sister and I are walking and we're going up a hill and I'm like ready to quit, she's like, not stopping. And I'm like, I, I actually say that to myself a lot when I get frustrated, not stopping, not mm-hmm. stopping.
0: Yeah. Some things are more important than frustration. Absolutely. Or fear.
1: Without a doubt, we can get so caught up in it that we freeze. Yeah. And I'm not saying I don't deal with that.
0: because Me either.
1: <laughs> because I do. And I think, I mean, that's part of what's taken me so long to embrace the fact that I am an artist and I need to be an artist mm-hmm. and, 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 and express myself through the mixed media art. Um, but it's fear and doubt and yeah i let it i let it keep me from doing what i need to do what i love to do
0: yeah it's it's a challenge for everybody so <laughs> and it's easy to fall into it and not realize that you've fallen into it
1: yes you're right and i think well, maybe going through the depression and then uh having you know different therapists through the years and, and learning to talk about mm-hmm. um, learning to talk about my feelings, my thoughts, and um just lost my train of thought again that's okay oh, I think it helps you <laughs> see sometimes it helps to say I got lost, yeah um, <laughs> no, I think it helps you to be more Mm -hmm. self-aware and to learn what works for you and and what doesn't
0: and I think what you just said how you just said that is really important it's what works for you things that work for somebody else might not work for you and vice versa absolutely and expecting everything to be one size fits all is part of what just keeps everybody stuck you are so right you're so right yeah well it sounds like you've had one heck of an interesting journey Without a and doubt. you've learned an awful lot along the way. It's really cool. Absolutely. And I,
1: I'm so thankful for it. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, you know, I grew up on a farm, um, with my, I feel like my parents were very progressive, are very progressive and, and, ha, you know, gave me tons of opportunities. Um, I grew up on a farm, wanted to get away from that farm, wanted to travel the world. And that's what I got. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I would say, while in that experience, careful what you
0: wish for. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: Never quite what you think it's going to be.
1: No, it really isn't. And while living overseas is, sounds very exotic and it is in many ways, it's also, it's also a challenge. Um Because there are parts of it that are very different Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't change any of it. Even for all the difficult times, I wouldn't change any of it because it's been, it's just been such a, it's been so fascinating, so enriching. So I just feel like I've grown so much.
0: Yeah. You wouldn't be who you are now if you changed any of it. Without a doubt.
1: And I can't change it. So right. <laughs> I think, I think we forget that too. Sometimes you can't change it. So be happy for what, for what it is and what it was and what you got out of it. Um, I'm just thankful. I don't want to change it. Makes it yeah. even better.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that seems like a good place to end. And and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I feel like I should. Leila was really really nervous about doing this interview, and <laughs> okay. and she's done fabulously, and she's still here, and she hasn't spontaneously combusted, and I think that's awesome.
1: Not yet, not yet. <laughs> Although my hands were flying a few times. Like, that's okay. Trying to get it all out. Um, no, Nancy, you're right. I was, I was nervous, but honestly, you make it so easy. But thank
0: you. That's, I try.
1: You you tried to tell me. <laughs> It's just like we're having a conversation. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, but oh my gosh, I don't like to talk about myself. And If I wanted very- to
0: make it hard, I'd like hang a picture of all sorts of people staring at you right behind my <laughs> head, right? But they're not there. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that would be t- that. Would, oh my gosh, forget about it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm in my closet with like, you know, my jackets. <laughs> this is as low key as it gets. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Thank goodness. No,
1: you're awesome. You Likewise.
0: Awesome, Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Nancy. This, this has is actually fun. been a lot of fun.
0: That's it for this week. Many thanks to Leela and to you for joining me. Don't forget to check out the show notes at fycuriosity.com, where you can see the painting we talked about and find links to Leela's site and social media accounts where you can see even more. You can find show notes, the six creative beliefs that are screwing you up, and more at fycuriosity.com. I'd also love for you to join the conversation on Instagram. You'll find me at fycuriosity. Follow Your Curiosity is produced by me, Nancy Norbeck, with music by Joseph McDade. If you like Follow Your Curiosity, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends. It really helps me reach new listeners. See you next time.